This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer We're going to check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and today it's a big day on Mention It All and on the Betches Podcast Network because we have a brand new show that just launched today, and I am so glad to have the host here with me to talk Beverly Hills and so much more. Please welcome the host of our new podcast, Pop Crime, Kiki Monique. Hey, Kiki. Hi. Welcome back to the show. This is not your first mention at all rodeo, but I'm so excited we can finally talk about your new show that uh, just launched with two new episodes today. I know. Like, look at us. I'm like, Paul Rudd, look at us. (laughs) Here we are. What is it? (laughs) Who thought we'd be (laughs) co-workers? Wow. Well, okay. So tell everyone, just give us like the elevator pitch of Pop Crime because it's a super fun concept and it plays so well into what you do already on your social media and everything. Yeah. You know, I think people really love true crime, but it could be like, it could weigh you down. It could get heavy. And I think um, with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, when that came along, it was like this new, like, okay, there's this pop culture element where we can watch celebrities and like, it doesn't feel the same because, you know, their problems are real, but they're also a little bit champagne problems. Right. Um, And so getting into the nitty gritty of like, what are in these lawsuits, you know, and I'll, I'll go to courthouses and sometimes sit in the cases and, you know, what's going on with Tom Girardi and his whole competency hearing and the things that, you know, again, I like to say news you need, but news you're also nosy about. It's important, but you know, we're more, we're more just nosy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it is, it's so true that the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial was such a, such a big moment for one of those stories where everybody, everybody wants to know the details and, and nobody can look away. But at the same time, it's so hard to actually wrap your mind around and go through all the details of what's happening. And I feel like you on your, on your TikTok and on your Instagram and now on the podcast, that's kind of like, you're like the translator, the, the, you like dumb it down just enough where it's easy to understand all the information, but you're also still getting all of the details that make it so interesting. Yeah. It's like, I'm not a lawyer, but I've been very interested in the law for so long. So I'm always wanting to break it down to like the most layman ways possible because I want to understand it. So I'm like, I get the lawyers to be like, okay, explain it to me. And then I can translate it for others. The legal, I feel like the social media era and I mean, just doing a Bravo podcast for the last few years has changed my perception of the law so much. And there are so many random things that I'm like, wow, why do I know about the difference between defamation standards of proof in the UK and the US? It's (laughs) so true. It's so true. (laughs) Um, So your first two episodes that launched today, I am most excited about you dived into Britney Spears memoir that came out this week. What was that like? I know you listened to the audiobook, which some clips have gone around of Michelle Williams uh, <laughs> reading the book. What was what was the thing that surprised you the most about this memoir that you wanted to get into? You know, I think that like Brittany really 
let it all, not even just, you know, I think we thought we were going to get into the conservatorship and her talking about her dad and like all of that stuff. And she does, but she's also very honest about herself and like why she does the things that she does. You know, obviously since Britney's been back on social media, you know, people will talk about like, you know, why is she always posting pictures of naked or why does she have this British accent? And she tells us why it is, you know? And so she's very aware of these things that are happening and she gives her explanation and also just being very, very vulnerable. I mean, even when she talked about K-Fed, right? You know, I don't think we've had a really good impression about him for a while, but when she explained, you know, like what he gave to her at that time, I was like, wow, I've been in that same relationship as Britney Spears. I can relate. I think also it's so interesting because the conservatorship sort of sucked all the air out of the room when it came to the Britney Spears conversation. And thinking about this book, so much of the really fascinating, juicy stuff about her career happened in that like late 90s, early 2000s, before social media. She was in this, even before the conservatorship, she was this huge pop star who was being managed so carefully. And, you know, really things were happening to her and around her. And she didn't really have that voice. There wasn't, you know, she wasn't on Twitter. She wasn't on Instagram. Like, so I think this book where it really feels like she is able to go into all of those things up to and including the conservatorship, obviously, it's like, oh, yeah, like, there was never really a place where Britney was telling us everything about her relationship with Justin Timberlake. Like, we never, other than maybe some, you know, narrow interviews and stuff, we never really got her version of that. Yeah, I mean, people forget, like, social media was not a thing back in, like, 2002. So it was like, you couldn't get it out. And if you really think about it, she spent more time in her conservatorship than she did as, like, this independent pop star where she could have her voice. So it's kind of wild when you think about it that way. It's so funny, the, the like, pre-social media era makes me think of, sometimes I talk to housewives who have been around a long time and remember the housewife, the Bravo blog days. <laughs> And it's like, it feels like such a time capsule to a different world where it's like, yeah, we wrote our little entries once a week. And, you know, sometimes you had help writing them or they got edited or whatever. But then you put out this thing and that was kind of that was it. And now the experience of doing reality TV or doing any kind of public career has just shifted so much. And there's just like so much noise coming from all the directions. And it's fascinating to talk to people who have kind of weathered that uh, that transition and have lived in both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, I just had a meeting the other day with um, um, a gentleman who worked at Meta. He works at Threads now. And he was the one, he used to work for Bravo. And he was the one that was responsible for getting Stasi Schroeder and um, Sheena on Instagram. Like, you know, and he's like a young guy. It's like, it's wild. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is crazy to think about. There was a time when like, you know, housewives who are the most prolific on social media had to be like taught how to tweet. Yeah. (laughs) It also is, there's something so special. If you go through people like NeNe Leaks and the Vanderpump Rules cast and some of the Jersey cast, you can go through and all their tweets from like 2010, 2011 are still just hanging out there. And it is so bizarre to read what Twitter was <laughs> like no. 12 years ago. It's like, oh my God, like Nini had already been on Housewives for three seasons and it still is just like me getting lunch with Cam. <laughs> 
Exactly. I think about my friend who was like, his first post was like, my finger hurts, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's just stream of consciousness. There's no kind of like, it wasn't content that these people were creating. It truly was just like, I'm a tweet. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of miss it. I miss those days. Yeah. Which kind of brings us, I feel like it's a good segue into Beverly Hills because Obviously, the premiere episode is its own thing, but then happening around that, we have these sort of matching narratives for Kyle and Mauricio and for Dorit and PK, where there are statements happening and rumors being spread and, you know, addressing the rumors and not addressing other rumors. And it it is kind of fascinating, I think, f- since the Kyle and Mauricio separation news broke this summer to see kind of the the waves of how they've handled that but at the same time watching Kyle on Watch What Happens Live last night every piece of information that she is choosing to share or not share is like managed within an inch of its life and it's like if you're not together just 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 let it let it be like I was I, I was actually so proud of Kyle last night. I mean, she really it, it made me think that her and Andy probably sat backstage and really had this long conversation. And, you mm. know, she was just like, you know what? I just have to be transparent. Plus, when it came to because people were obviously speculating, like, why did she delete that post of, you know, supporting Mauricio on Dancing with the Stars? And when she fully admitted it was because she was pissed because she saw that picture of him holding hands with his partner and it made her sad. I think that I think that did have a shift in her. I think she's probably been pretty protective of him. And I think that she did not feel protected in that moment. Cause even Teddy started coming in like, you know, you know, cameras are, you're, you're in Beverly Hills, you know, cameras are following you, you know? And I think she felt not protected by him. Like, fine, I understand we're going to like do our things, but like that. And also when you've been with someone for that long, you know their little mannerisms, right? And there was probably something in that picture. I don't know the way he held her hand or just the, where she knew that it was more and it like it probably like got a lump in her throat yeah the way she said when andy was kind of asking and it was clear that kyle doesn't doesn't have any information here she does this hasn't been a conversation she's had with mauricio he he didn't give her a heads up that maybe things are starting to get cozy with emma slater it was very much you could tell that kyle had seen the same photos that we all did and was you know, evaluating them the only way she knows how and seeing her say, well, you know, if you're holding hands with somebody like that, I don't know. I don't know what has happened, but clearly something is happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if this had been a conversation where it was like, yes, well, you know, they're spending a lot of time together and I'm sure they're getting close and I wish them the best and blah, 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 blah. It would have felt like a more like, Okay, this is the narrative where you could tell in that moment that Kyle was had, you know, felt some type of way about it. Teddy clearly is a little pissed off at Mauricio. And I'll just say, I I know that you probably know this too. The parking lot outside of the Dancing with the Stars facilities is like the most exposed place (laughs) in the world. Like if you want something to be caught on camera, that's where to do it. Yeah. (laughs) 
been to the parking lot, but based on the, yeah, just the Pat photos you see, you're like, right. oh, this is just like an open air lot next to the studio. <laughs> like the those 30 seconds walking from rehearsal to the car, it's like somebody's going to see you. So if, if there is something that you either don't want or really do want out there, that is the place to do or not do it. <laughs> Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince Cotton Modal t-shirts. I love a black t-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice, but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50% modal. It's lightweight. It's breathable. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot mention to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com mention. So that's the thing. I think like, obviously, this Dancing with the Stars thing is its own animal, but it it does feel like it's not an accident that we're seeing them together. And I think that's really interesting because, you know, going into the premiere of this season, I think we were all kind of wondering how much we were going to see and how soon we would start to see it. And really from, from this premiere episode, it's clear that this is on the show, really, they're talking about it openly. And it's going to be, I think, a really fascinating season to see sort of the ebbs and flows of that, knowing that now they clearly have not figured it out between them. 
Yeah. You know, I went into the season kind of skeptical and I think it was because I assumed that they were going to hold back because I feel like that's just been par for the course. And again, I love that everyone's getting the memo. Like we don't buy it anymore. Like be transparent or we're going to dig into it for you. So (laughs) yeah. And I was, I was more surprised, I guess, by the Dorit and PK storyline that we're seeing already because Dorit going into that healing something session with Eagle Woman and Blue Violet or whatever, and immediately coming for Erica based on her response to a question last year at BravoCon saying that she thought uh, Dorit and PK were headed for Splitsville next. That was something where I was in the room when that happened, and I barely remembered that it happened. So all of a sudden, when Dorit, it's like, Erica. I was very hurt. I was like, oh, we're rolling it back to that moment. And that's going to be kind of like the the catalyst for, for this relationship. I was not expecting that. And I was kind of impressed the way that Dorit like played that card. I was just like surprised that she was still so triggered by it. Now, hearing obviously they have been having issues. There's a reason. Um, but I... If I kind of knew that I was having issues with my relationship, I if I would have done the opposite of Dorita, I would just let it go because I wouldn't have tried to make it a big deal. Right. It felt like she, in a weird way, was kind of signaling like, hey, my relationship is going to be a topic, but I want it to be like, I'm going to be the one explaining how it's been a tough year. I don't want Erica to be the one like spotting the smoke signal. And <laughs> the, the back and forth of Erica being like, I didn't want to answer that question. But when I did have to answer that question, baby, I'm a showman. So I delivered that answer. And and the Dorit in the the confessional, that's not a showman. That's a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Dorit was like cracking me up. She was just like, oh, you just flip your head and you're saying your thing. (laughs) (laughs) She walked down to the bottom of that stage and she delivered that answer. Like she felt it with her whole, like it's so analyzing like the body language of Erica (laughs) answering this question on stage at watch what happens live at BravoCon, which is the most like heightened, bizarre, like over the top atmosphere you could possibly be in. It just is like that to me. That's what I like to see on housewives is like picking apart something that is just completely exists outside of time and space. Totally. It's like, I want that, like, just a notch below, like, you're giving dynasty. Like, you know, like, they can't help themselves. It's like, I don't want it to be too dynasty. I want it just below. Perfect. (laughs) I think Beverly Hills, uh, for all of the flack that this franchise can get for being, you know, boring sometimes or not kind of real enough with how these women show their lives on the show, I feel like that type of energy is kind of they do it better than anybody else and people like Erica and Dorit and I think Sutton to a degree like they know how to kind of bring that air that just feels like oh these women I don't have anything in common with them but that's kind of fun in a way no totally I mean I think that they know how to, you have to, you do have to know how to be a performer at the end of the day. You just have to, don't have to be obvious about it. And, and they're pretty good at that. I think it's interesting too. I watched the Real Housewives of Miami premiere, which is next week, but the, there's kind of this 
matching storyline happening with Sutton and her uh, divorce money situation oh and feeling God, like she so built something with her husband. And so, you know, he didn't have whatever when he met her. And I know that Lisa really feels the same way about her and Lenny. She's contesting her prenup. She feels like, you know, they built this together. And I think that's such an interesting it's such an interesting idea because obviously there's a whole legal component to it of the, you know, your prenup or your marriage, whatever is what it is. But to see these women kind of navigate this time in their life, obviously Sutton is a little bit further removed from the divorce itself, but it's, it is like, I love seeing people kind of rediscover themselves or like rise from the ashes a little bit. And it feels like Sutton is, is really committed to that in a way that I enjoy. I do. I wish that, you know, the fact, though, that she's still focused for some reason on proving to her ex, though, that part, it's like I want her to remove that from her story because I want her to prove it to herself because I think you do, like, as a woman who obviously, she said, they came in on equal footing to this marriage and then she gets pregnant, has to, like, you know, give up her job and her career, and you do forget or think that maybe you can't do it anymore. And so... I just want her to prove it to herself. He'll see it regardless. Or maybe he won't because, you know, that's the thing about dudes. They sometimes won't even pay attention. And so you're doing all of this to show them. Um, so if she removes that from it, you know, obviously she's doing very well. Yeah, it, it there is kind of like the money and the perceived success are sort of two separate things because I don't know how much money the Sutton concept is really bringing in. You know, I, <laughs> I, I wish her the best. I don't know that like Beverly Hills boutique is like really going to send you into the stratosphere in terms of not needing your spousal support, but like you on paper, she got cast on this TV show that she's now starred on for three or four seasons. She is, you know, hanging out with rich and famous people all the time. Like she's living her own life regardless of whether or not she still kind of relies on the money. Oh yeah. She's living the exact life I want where you know that, you know, she's having her friend Jennifer Tilly comes in for lunch. They're having, you know, lunch on these really expensive plates. It was probably a negative $6,000 day. Like she netted. She, she definitely lost money having lunch that day and made no sales. But you know what? She's having a great time. I was like, I want to be at this lunch eating with her and Jennifer in the middle of a Beverly Hills boutique. She's like, I'm not going to lease a horse. I'm going to buy a horse. Who do you think I am? And put it on an Amex. She put a horse from the Netherlands on an Amex. I mean, goals. <laughs> the Jennifer Tilly piece is so fun because you can tell that like for all of Jennifer Tilly's housewives appearances, you can tell that she has no desire to actually really get like live in this sandbox, but she loves to come and play. <laughs> oh yeah. I love it. And I, I, I just, I love everything about Jennifer Tilly. I want more and more and more. <laughs> I see like, I never was into the like Chucky, like child's play universe. So I feel like I have not very much frame of reference for Jennifer Tilly other than being Sutton's friend. And then I hear the way people talk about her and I'm like, Oh cool. Like, yeah. Iconic. <laughs> She's absolutely like Iconic. Like I hear, I will hear her voice till the end of time. <laughs> um, okay. I want to talk about Erica's session with her therapist on this premiere. I know that you are steeped in the world of Tom Girardi and you're probably, you might be the foremost expert on everything that's happening with the legal side of things, but I thought it was so 
fascinating to see Erica in this place where she feels like she really has been able to move past the kind of the mess surrounding Tom, but she is still struggling so much with empathy as a concept, like watching her. She's been in therapy with this woman. She says for two years and she's asking her how she can try to empathize with other people that have been in her life for years. It's like, it was, it really caught me by surprise watching her kind of so openly not know how to navigate these emotions. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be so interested if they've like delved into her childhood. Cause I can't figure out if the ice princess thing is something that is like, she has put on because of everything that's happening or if it's like something that like stems from her childhood because it is very like cut off. Yeah. Like sometimes when you see therapy on Bravo shows, a lot of the time it's like, okay, it's my first therapy session. Like let's cry for five minutes and then maybe we'll never talk again, but we got the scene. Whereas this is kind of the opposite where it's like, okay, Erica's been in therapy for a couple of years. They're finally like, having this conversation on camera, but it it's kind of giving first therapy session <laughs> in a way. And so I do like, I kind of want to give the benefit of the doubt where I'm like, maybe this just feels a little stilted because it's on camera, but like the conversation they're having doesn't really give, you know, two years of hard work has gotten us to this place. I gotta yeah. say. Part of me felt like, you know, it was more just a setup for like, she needed to essentially get off that she's feeling good about the fact that she hasn't been indicted, but like, that's not going to like control what other people think. And also Tom is going to die one day. And that's like something that she, you know, like it, the fact that his death came up was kind of weird to me too. And it was just like, okay, he is going to die one day. Um, I think that she's very good at compartmentalizing, which I, I do actually understand because when you are in such like the depths, like she's in like the trenches right now, I do understand having to compartmentalize otherwise you won't get anything accomplished. And she's clearly getting things accomplished. Obviously, like I was, you know, if you were looking at flashbacks even to her first therapy session, I mean, look at her face, look at her demeanor, look at her body, like all of those things and look how she looks now. Like she's obviously taking better care of herself. And so she's been able to move forward in certain ways. And she's probably been able to do that through compartmentalization. But I hope and that hormones. she- did, And hormones. And hormones, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do- I. I do have to, like, thinking about her position in the group over the last few seasons, there was a time when it really seemed like half of the women on this show weren't really ever gonna fuck with her. And it, it she really was the villain for all intents and purposes a couple seasons ago. And I think it is, imp obviously, this has a lot to do with, you know, people just sort of giving up and moving on. And also, you know, she wasn't in the indictment. She's been sort of like left out of certain things that would have been more incriminating. But she has to be feeling good about the fact that her storyline on the show anymore isn't like this evil lady stole so much money. Like she she has her own issues now, but it's not like, oh, I'm going to dig into your legal problems. 
Yeah, I also think she's in an interesting position, too, because I do think that, like, as the villain, she was also still very much the cool girl. I think she's now sort of gotten relegated, kicked down, where she's not, like, the number one cool girl anymore, which I think is in an odd place for her to be, because I think that just in her life, that's where she's been. Um, so I think she's gotten humbled, but it's hard. It's hard for her to be humbled. So she's like, I think that's what she's struggling with because she's like, I, I understand that I'm not in this position, but I don't know how to play my position. Um, so she really has to reintroduce herself in a new way. And I, I don't think she's comfortable with it. Um, and that's why I think it can come off in these weird, in these weird ways where she just seems a little icy because I just don't think she knows how to present herself. Yeah, seeing her show up to the first retreat scene and she explains that her friend is no longer on the show, Lisa Rinna, not to be named. Um, <laughs> and it does, she sort of presents it as that she's coming back into the group on her own sort of tail between her legs a little bit. And that is going back to Erica joining the show the first couple seasons, she was like, the rich bitch who dressed hot and did music. And, you know, if she was a little bit icy, it was because she was like a level above and a little bit aloof and kind of didn't need to come down to the level of everybody else. Whereas now it really is kind of the opposite position. And it's not like she has, you know, no friends or anything on the show and she's totally in a corner by herself. But the energy is definitely has shifted a little bit. And I think, you know, Garcelle and Sutton solidifying themselves so much in the cast and, you know, Dorit and Kyle kind of establishing themselves as a little bit of a duo. Like the balance is definitely different than it used to be when Erica kind of ascended the ranks. Yeah. I mean, remember when, you know, Eileen said that thing about, I don't know if it was about cops or her son and, you know, she came for Eileen and was so mean. I think now it's like when, you know, Sutton throws little digs here and there, she's going to have to take it on the chin in ways that she never had to. She can't be that person she used to be. Mm, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm I, I actually am. I'm not like an Erica stan, but I'm I'm really interested to see sort of like what her trajectory is like this season. I'm sure we'll get stuff about her Vegas show and all of that. But more on a personal level, I'm like, what's the vibe going to be? after after these first couple episodes <laughs> totally tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card well with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yes you heard that right you can talk to a human on the discover customer service team anytime so the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring Mayflowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your 
congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. There's not really big drama within the group that I know to look forward to this season, but I do feel like the dynamics are, I don't know, interesting in a way where it's like, I don't really know what Crystal has going on in terms of like who she's feeling the most and who she's having issues with. And even like Garcelle, her kind of her stuff on the premiere was more about her sons, which I think is really interesting. But I'm I'm still sort of waiting to see how the group is going to be with each other this year. Yeah, they're kind of like, you know, I can see that obviously Garcelle's kind of going in the direction of like her feeling like she wasn't, you know, the mom maybe she needed to be. Crystal is just so far removed because she's so much younger than the mm. rest of the cast. And she's in a just a different place I think in her marriage right like maybe give her 15 years maybe she'll be where Kyle and Mauricio are right you know like I think that she's just in a different stage um and so um has much younger kids and so it'll be also yeah interesting to see how if she's just there as like you know a friend they can lean on you know someone to give advice I I don't know yeah, I think Crystal is one of those people where I I like her a lot, and I think she's had good moments in her time on the show, but it does feel like now that she's been in the group for a few years and really is, in theory, an established member of the cast, it feels like there should be sort of a clear something happening in, with her within the group. And I, I don't even think I, she had any lines this episode. Like, I think yeah, that the only it, thing she said was, hmm, like literally. <laughs> yeah. There was like a brief, um, you know, she and she and her husband were talking about the indictment where he was like, you know, she might not have stolen the money, but she still spent it. And it's like, yes, Rob Minkoff. Like, <laughs> yeah, why, why did Rob Minkoff have more, you know, of uh, some shade than like uh, the housewife? <laughs> I know. But then also we have Anne-Marie joining the cast later this season. I think from what I've heard, she's going to be more of like a a midway addition okay. through the season. So it's like, it does feel like there's, there are some sort of question marks that maybe aren't going to be really put together until a little bit later. So I don't know. I really just, I'm hoping that we have just a little bit of consistent momentum and that it doesn't feel like one of those seasons where we're waiting 13 episodes for things to really kick into gear. Yeah. I was also trying to figure out what does Anne-Marie do? Is she like a, uh, an anesthesiologist? Cause her tagline, they had the taglines come out and it was like something like put you to sleep. Or I think so. <laughs> I, I, was like, I heard that she worked in a morgue. <laughs> Anne-Marie Wiley. Um, she is a registered nurse. Oh, okay. Okay. But her her husband is a former NFL player. Okay, got it. Yeah, I, I you know like I'm curious, but at the same time, it's like if she's not showing up for you know seven episodes, then I I kind of am like, okay, we'll we'll 
we'll see about that later. Exactly. Like I'm not inv- like I need you to like step in like a lot sooner. So yeah, whenever she comes in will be interesting for sure. Yeah. I um I do the the Dorit and PK thing was really fascinating to me and I wanted to read a little bit. So earlier this week there had been some some rumors about Dorit and PK sort of making their way around the internet. I think there was a a post on Demois saying that they had been separated for months and PK was living in a hotel. Um, and so last night, premiere night, of course, um, Dorit and PK released a joint statement to People magazine. And they said, we remain committed to working through these issues as a united couple for our family. We have not separated, nor are we planning to do so. Rather, we are focused on healing, making changes, and doing the things that many couples have to do at some point in their marriage. We would be grateful for everyone's understanding. We are doing what we can to focus on the best interests of our family, as opposed to spending our time contending with rumors and hearsay that are not true. Um, So, you know, they're combating the rumors and the nastiness (laughs) head on. What is your read on this whole situation and when you hear that statement you know delivered like that to a a publication the night of the premiere where is your bullshit meter with that statement a hundred percent i mean i think that we got a similar statement from monique samuels if i'm not mistaken at one point and then you know it was like a whole 180 like because also it's not it wasn't like I think I don't know if the rumors said divorce or separate. I I do believe, obviously, as we've seen in the first episode, he's been in London a lot. You know, I I think he was shooting a show or something like that. He spent a lot of time. Now, whether there was any truth to Sutton's rumor about, you know, a woman being in the car the night of his DUI, I mean, according to Teddy on Watch What Happens Live, (laughs) the TMZ did not see anyone on the police report. So, so who knows? But obviously they're having issues. And I know that when you have young children, mm-hmm. it's like, I think that the first thing to do is say no. I do. I think, you know, because you can also, when you're so financially intertwined as well, sometimes you don't go down that path right away. Um, especially because, again, we hear other rumors about the finances of them in general. I just think it sets off too many red flags, maybe to people on the per, you know peripheral, and you just want to keep everyone calm. Like maybe they have loans out, and will those loans get starting pull if they're getting? Divorced? Who knows? Because right now it feels like Dorit may be the breadwinner. I don't know, right? But it feels like she's been on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She has a lot going on. Is she the breadwinner right now? I don't know. Um, and I just think it's too complicated to like just make it. You have to just like have a united front in the beginning until you figure it out. I think that's a good point that this statement might be bullshit, but that also doesn't mean that they are like that they totally hate each other and they're on horrible terms and PK is living in a hotel. Like we've seen so many, even just this year, so many versions of what a breakup or a divorce or a separation can look like and especially when you think about them like it is such a business decision in addition to the like you know romantic family whatever side of you know what's happening in a marriage and I don't necessarily think of Dorit as the kind of person if she if she if she and PK were to you know part ways let's say 
I don't necessarily think of them as the kind of couple who would have a messy divorce and who would be, you know, Lenny and Lisa moving the mistress into the house and whatever. Uh, I honestly, I feel like Dorit and PK are pretty calculated. And I don't, that's, that to me is not a, a negative thing. I think it's just kind of how you operate. And so I could totally see there being this kind of, you know, strategy in place and, you know, rumors on Dumois may or may not be a part of that <laughs> plan that you were hoping to avoid. But I, I don't think that it's kind of totally one way or the other where it's like either they're, you know, together and this is a fake rumor or they're split up and they're just like lying to us all. Like, I think maybe there are things kind of in the works that they just aren't ready to share yet. I mean, Kyle and Mauricio are still living in the house together. Tom and Ariana are still living in the house together. Like there are so many different kind of ways to handle this. And like you said, maybe they owe some people some money and they can't be out here, you know, airing their business before things are, you know, tended to. At the end of the day, a marriage is a business arrangement, like just on paper alone. Like you, you might love each other too, but it is a business arrangement. And yeah, you can't just be making rash decisions that will affect your livelihood, you know, your finances, any of that. Yeah, I just, I just hope at the end of the day, whatever's best for Phoenix and Jaggy. Um, <laughs> I hope that that's well, what needs George to happen. Where's George Michael gonna go? Doesn't he like live in the pool house? <laughs> 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 no, I I love your point about maybe at this point Dorit is the breadwinner because that has always been kind of with PK. It's like he theoretically has this successful career and does real estate and music management and something else maybe, but mostly in London or maybe in the US, but also is all of that from 20 years ago and we're kind of just going with it. Like the money with them has always been kind of an open question and it's like I, I really don't even I don't even know where to begin you don't and it's like it's it's really you, in LA it's really easy to look and be like how are you doing how are you making this money especially when it's like I don't know anything about what you do um, and some of it is smoke and mirrors which again which is why I talked about you know the best way to see if someone really really has money is now i just look at their pets especially if they have white dogs because the grooming on that if it is like perfection you know that's money because to upkeep a white dog especially is very expensive <laughs> that's not just like you know on credit or you know renting or anything <laughs> right it's like you can borrow a fendi bag you can't borrow a white a pristine white dog yeah that's why I know Angie K on, on Salt Lake City has money because I'm sorry, that hot pink dew on that white dog is very, very well taken care of. Oh my God, Angie's Angie's poor dog. It just makes me, it, my heart sinks a little bit whenever I see that damn spray dyed poodle. It's just like wellness check on Angie K's dog. Not because, you know, I, I'm sure the dog is fine, but like, I just can't do the pink. Oh my god. That's a good tip though. Everybody if you're uh, if you're wondering which housewives have really got it like that, look at the pets. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kiki, I am so glad you were able to stop by today to talk all things Beverly Hills and of course all things pop crime. Uh tell the people what episodes are out right now and where they can go find it. 
the episodes out right now. We have the Sophie and Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas divorce with Dumois weighing oh, yes. in. Okay. Also got some tips on like maybe some divorces coming down. Um, and we also have the Britney Spears recap with Danny Murphy. Um, and we share our thoughts on, we both, you know, devoured the book as soon as it downloaded at midnight. Um, and you can find pop crime by Betches on, you know, Spotify, Apple, and you can also follow me at the talk of shame. Amazing. Kiki, thank you so much. I can't wait to listen to all of your great episodes that you have coming up and, uh, maybe we'll get some boots on the ground pop crime, uh, business at BravoCon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Amazing. And thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Batches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.